Live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey everybody, and welcome to Ask an Engineer. It's me, your engineer, Lady Ada, with me, Mr. Lady Ada, on camera control, typing in answers and getting questions to me. Uh, and putting the whole show together. He does a lot for us all. Thank you very much, Mr. Lady Ada. Um, we're broadcasting live from the Adafruit headquarters in downtown Manhattan, where we do all the kitting, testing, manufacturing, shipping, coding, and more. But right now the factory is at rest because we have one hour of Ask Engineering. We're gonna cover the latest and greatest news for the Mac, Macker, maker, hacker, engineer, artist, community, and more. So why don't you tell them what's on tonight's show? On tonight's show, the code is PROBECLIP, 10% off in the Adafruit store all the way up to 11.59 p.m. Eastern time or when I remember to take the code down. Remember, you get 10% off in the Adafruit store, anything we have in stock, use it or lose it. Adafruit live series shows, we're gonna be talking about the show and tell, which we just did. Maybe we'll play a little bit of a clip as well. Time travel, look around the world makers, hackers, artists, engineers, and more. Chip shortage, everyone's favorite segment, sort of, <laughs> this week. It's going to be Texas Instruments. We'll talk about what we can't get and uh, what we need this week. From the mailbag, a little bit different one this week. Speaking of shortages, this one has something to do with how to get the things you need and want from Adafruit. Help wanted, post from our jobs board. You can post your skills up on jobs.adafruit.com or if you're a company and looking for cool folks to work at your organization, you can post on jobs.adafruit.com. We have some advanced manufacturing made right here in New York City from the Adafruit factory. We'll show some footage from our factory here. We got some 3D printing. We've got Ion MPI. This week we're featuring Maximum and Analog. They are now one, so those are two as one. Some new products. We've got some top secret. We're gonna answer your questions. We do that over on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. Join all 34,000 of us. We're gonna answer your questions towards the end of the show. All that and more on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. That's us. Okay, so let's pay some bills, Lady yes. Ada. First bit is probe clip is the code for tonight. And when folks order stuff in the cart, they'll notice that there's things get, that get added to their cart for free. For free. What do they get? Um, okay, $99 or more if you order from the Adafruit.com shop, you'll get a free Permaproto half-size breadboard. Great for making your projects permanent. People keep them. And then later on, they're like, hey, I need that. And they have it ready to go. Uh, $149 or more, we've changed out our STEM IQT boards. You now get a KB2040, it's a uh, like a pro micro shaped board. So it's designed for keyboards, but hey, you can use it for actually anything. It has an RP2040 uh, chip, which has CircuitPython, MicroPython, and Arduino support, uh, USB-C, um, NeoPixel, STEMIQT connector, buttons, and castellated pads. It's great for all sorts of projects. Uh, and if you've got something with a pro micro, you can super boost it with this powerful chip. 199 or more, you get free UPS ground shipping in the continental United States. All right, and just a bit of a reminder, if you want to buy a Raspberry Pi or probably almost anything soon, you should make sure you have a verified account. Just check your email after you get an account on adafruit.com and then do two-factor authentication. That's good security, and it's also a way that we can make sure you're not buying Raspberry Pis and buying a bunch of them and reselling them and putting a big markup on them. Um, that's not nice, and it doesn't work out for everyone. Every week we put in hundreds of Raspberry Pis and we want to make sure hundreds of people get them. So this week I'm going to skip around a little bit and go right to Mailbag. Oh. Yeah, because Mailbag is, um, you know, I can kind of say 
um, hey, things are working out. This the system in which we're we're getting uh, Raspberry Pis to people yes. is working. But the but. the the reality is, and uh, I'll have Packet the mailbag entity help me. Um, the reality is, um, you know, we live in an age where facts don't matter. So. Um, I'm just going to show. Post-factual society? Facts don't matter. Okay. So um, instead of just telling folks, yeah, we were able to get hundreds to people every single week, a hundred of uh, ones, you don't have to be a previous customer. You just can't be a repeat Raspberry Pi customer over and over. And so um, today we released, I don't know, a few hundred. Mm -hmm. And then um, one of the folks who runs the, there's a, a bot alert. It's called RPI Locator on Twitter. Um, folks instantly... Um, we'll say, oh, well, I got one. So this is the, the thing that I put in the mailbag this week. Thank you. Your alerts helped me secure one. Awesome. Thanks. I was finally, finally able to pick up one. Your alert script works fantastic. Got one. I've been trying to get one for work for months. Thank you for your tool. Finally got one. I've been trying for months. Finally got one. Thank you very much for the alerts. And then this person, not only did they get one, but we sent them their shipping notification, and they're going to get it tomorrow. Yay. So um, anyways, I, I do know that there's going to be some folks that are disappointed that um, they got caught uh, abusing the system and now they can't order stuff. Um, maybe we'll remove that at some point, but we really can't allow folks to keep trying to get around and getting another Raspberry Pi, another Raspberry Pi. When we catch you after we said don't do it, um, we're just going to ask you to go seek a different vendor for a while. I think that's reasonable. It's not personal. Um, we just want to make sure that we get as many Raspberry Pis to as many different people every single week, and that, this is one of the ways. So um, appreciate the understanding. And um, for all the folks out there that are playing by the rules and getting Raspberry Pi, thank you, because that's what we're doing it for, doing it for you. Okay, so we do a live series of shows, Lady Ada, including this one right here. This is live. Yeah, I mean, I've had to prove in the past that it was but live. It is, it's live. Like, Type my name in the chat. It's it's like, okay. live, it's live. Um, so for some of the live shows we do, uh, one show and tell, and we just did show and tell, and one of the things I wanted to do for this year is uh, make our show until even um, more advanced, more, more, more interesting, more, 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 more. more. But more. one of the problems is it's it's 730. Um, it's also one of the good things about it. 730 Wednesday nights forever. Ever. And so, you know, if you're a time traveler, you know where you could like beam in and find us. But if you're in a different time zone or you're somewhere else and you're working or if you have uh, other obligations and you just can't get online for that period of time, what can you do if you want to show and share your project? So um, I did a, a separate video with uh, Art by Physicist Kitty, and uh, we played it, and it's uh, from the same system that we use for the show and tell, which is we use a system or a website called StreamYard, and it works really good. And there's a recording feature, and now the recording plays really well with it. You know, we always try these new features, and so we did that. So I'm going to just play the first, like, 30-ish seconds of it, um, it's on the show and tell, and we were able to seamlessly add that. So um, if you have a project and you just there's no way that you can uh, show your project live, no problem. We could do stuff like this. We just need a little bit of time to coordinate and all that, and it worked out well. So here's the first 30 seconds or so of Kitty showing off the Bluetooth flowers. All right. Hello, Kitty. How are you? Hello, Kitty. Good to see you. Okay, you're a um, pretty well-known maker. Um, we actually uh, stock one of the things that you make in the store. It's Kitty's Flowers Pair of Bluetooth Wearable Roaches, Art by Physicists. Tell us a little bit about it and what you're up to. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Yes, as uh, PD just showed on the screen, these are the Bluetooth flowers. It comes as a pair. Um, so they are actually connected through Bluetooth. That's why... It's called Bluetooth flowers. 
I'm just turning them on right now. Okay. Zoom see onto the flowers. Yeah. So you can see on the front there are some very beautiful LEDs that decorate the, the flower. And and you can watch the rest of that uh, segment in the entire show and tell on any of our video properties from YouTube to Twitch to Facebook to LinkedIn. Um, any of those you can watch. Kitty go over all of this. And then all the other folks that were on the show and tell, um, they're all, you know, our favorites. I did like Joey's uh, custom LCD project this week. Okay, on Sundays, Lady Ada, we do from the desk of Lady Ada, and it comes in two parts. The first part, what'd you show? Okay, the first part, I just showed some stuff I was working on. Um, I had some samples. I had some cool LEDs. I got uh, some sonar transceivers. Um, I'm working on um, Feather ESP32-S3s, um, all that good stuff. So new products and samples uh, come by my desk uh, for final approval and I showed my process. And uh, we've been doing this great search thing for a while. Turns out it was a pretty good idea um, before the, the crisis of lack of parts. And so each week, Lady Ada shows how to find things on digikey.com that you're gonna need for sure, but might be a little hard to find unless you're a Lady Ada that's been doing this for Decades. I know. Well, you know, the part shortage is still going on and, you know, it's interesting. It's like some weeks it's like you can't get really basic parts. Some weeks you can't get really advanced parts. It's, it's kind of all over the place. Um, so this week, um, the, uh, the part I was looking for is um, I have this regulator that I use for all of our breakouts and feathers. And I have some, but I don't have enough to last me till the next shipment. And so I need something to kind of help like um, thin out my, my daily usage because right now we're using about a thousand a day of this part. And so finding a regular that maybe is the same, uh, you know, pinout, same size, um, but maybe less current capable that I can use for breakouts uh, to, so I can keep the really nice high current LDOs available for um, the feather boards that really need a 400, 500, 600 milliamp regulator. A lot of the sensor breakouts we have do not need that much. They're very happy with, you know, 50 to 100 milliamps. So um, if I can use those on the breakouts, uh, I'll be able to keep the AP2112s when I really need them. And hopefully it'll help me kind of like, you know, the, the saying this week is extend your runway, mm. um, extending my runway with uh, regulators. All right. And then on Tuesdays, we do JP's product pick of the week. That's where we do a live broadcast from inside product page now there's two things that are great about this maybe three so the first one is JP does it um, the second one is it's in stock for sure because we're broadcasting from the product page and the third one is you don't need to put a discount code in because it's already applied so if you you like you use some JP which we do and you're worried about well am I gonna ever be able to find the products or parts I need yeah because if you're watching it then it's in stock and then oh you know I'm so tired. It's been such a long day. I don't want to type a discount code. Don't worry. It's automatically applied. So um, Insta. here's this week's uh, highlight from JP's product pick of the week. A&O navigational scroll wheel, rotary encoder, and breakout board. Clicky, clicky. I have soldered an itsy bitsy RP2040 onto it. I can use the click wheel plugged into the iPhone. And now I can go and choose, let's say, cover flow. Scroll back from MF Doom to Bartle Beats there. That won't get us in trouble. I can click on that. So now I can click through, pick a song, hit play. 
And all I'm doing with this, let me go ahead and pause that, is uh, using the controller as a USB HID device. Like, sure, yeah, that's convenient because it's already in your pocket, but this, this is actually fun. ANO rotary encoder scroll wheel with navigation buttons and breakout PCB dual product picks of the week. But wait, there's more. And then on Thursdays, we do JP's workshop. And one of the segments we do is CircuitPython Parsec. And that's a nice little snippet of what you could do with CircuitPython. We do this every week. And if you're learning Python or you're interested in microcontrollers, this is a good little snapshot of something unique, cool, interesting that you can do with a microcontroller and Python brought to you by JP. For the Circuit Python Parsec today, I wanted to show how you could make a cool little randomized bicolor LED matrix using Circuit Python and just a little bit of code. So if you have a look here, I've got a Circuit Playground Blue Fruit, and I have our little gizmo, little uh, proto gizmo there, and I've attached this I squared C backpack for a bicolor matrix. And it just gives us this kind of nice little sci-fi uh, readout type of look the computer is thinking. That's, that's probably what's going on there. So if we look at the code here, what I'm doing is I'm importing some libraries including time, board, so I get pin definitions, random, and from random I'm getting the random integer or rand int, and then the library for this actual display, which is the HT16K33 backpack. I bring in the matrix 8x8x2, that's the bicolor, and then I set up that display on I squared C as the matrix. I'm setting its brightness at 0.1, and then I'm defining a little list here of colors. And you'll see here I've got LED red, LED green, and LED off, which I've actually placed in there twice just to sort of adjust the odds that I won't have uh, an LED lit. And here's what's going on in the main loop. We set a variable called x, which is a random integer from 0 to 7. So that's going to be one of the horizontal uh, positions. We set a variable called y for a random integer 0 through 7. So that's going to be the vertical position. And then we're setting a color variable, which is based on grabbing one of those items in my list, either red, green, off, or the other off. Then we set the matrix. This is how we light up. We say matrix XY, so some position that was selected, equals whatever this color is. And then we sleep for a tiny little bit of time and repeat that. And so we get all these really nice blinky random types of lights going on in here. And so that is how you can set some random lights on the bicolor LED matrix inside of CircuitPython. And that is your CircuitPython Parsec. like a pocket Dr. Theopolis. Um, so on Fridays, we do deep dive with Tim Foamy Guy, 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern, where you can literally take a deep dive into the innards of CircuitPython and learn all sorts of things, specifically how it works, and watch someone step-by-step -step go through all the code to make the thing that you probably want to make. It's time for time travel. Let's go back in time. Go forward in time. Yeah. So, um, you know, a lot of our um, lives now are just saying, um, here's stuff you can't get right away. Um, so, Adabox, we're going to be shipping it. We have been moving the date 
for when things are available. We thought it might be winter. No, 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 it's gonna be spring. Um, so we'll see how that goes. So thank you for your patience. Don't forget, we don't charge your credit card until we ship the Ada box. So you don't have to worry about that. And we appreciate your patience. There's a chip shortage. And speaking, speaking of... This week, we need stuff from Texas Instruments. <laughs> so, uh, Lady Ada, what is the thing that we don't have that means we can't make electronics for all the kids out there who really want to build robots and more? What do we need? We need some more of the DRV 8833s and the PWP package. Oh, I'm not too picky. I could always redesign my boards, but I prefer it just to get in this package. Um, we have a bunch on order. I think we have like 8,000 on order. A couple thousand of them will help us. Um, this is a uh, dual H-bridge driver chip um, from TI. Um, we really like it because it's uh, high current. I think it's about two amps and up to 10 volts. So it's great for, you know, we use it on um, motor driver boards in the Cricut and we like that package you see with the, with the power pack on the bottom. Uh, we can use it with two um, DC motors or you can use it with one stepper motor. How nice is that? We want these chips. We want these chips. Um, this is what I want. I want them to rain down on me. I want to be like, chips. oh my goodness. Hallelujah. It's a rain in chips. chips. So this is the this is the chip. And, what, the chip. and what are we using in, Lady Anna? We use, a, well, the, we have a breakout board, um, but we, we use it a lot for that we can't get back in stock is our Cricut boards, which are all in one uh, robotics development uh, platform that you can plug in a feather into, um, or you can plug in a circuit Playground Express, we have one for the micro bit, we have one for Feather, and we want to have we have one for Circuit um, Playground boards, uh, the the classic Express or Bluetooth. Um, and uh, it's like it's one of those things where it's like we have every other part to make this board except for the DRV eighty eight thirty three. And you're wondering like, okay, what type of projects could you do with a cricket? That, that, that are now not possible because of this part. And I have a little uh, video that I did from a long time ago. It's so wholesome. And this is a, this is a cricket project um, that we did here uh, together uh, one night. So I'm going to just play this video. T.I., think of, think of all the things that we could do. Things, I think of how wonderful it would be if, if we could get this chip. Get so uh, here it is.
All right, so how many of these do we need so we could do more projects like that? Look, I need like a reel of like a thousand, couple thousand would be really great. Um, we would use them only for good. No kittens would be crushed, only true love. Love that uh, transcends the human body and the physical instantiation of right. our spirits. That's right. Yeah. So, um, anyways, I'm going to send this video to you. Do you believe in love? Yeah. Then send us some DRV 8833 I'm going to send this video to Texas Instruments, and either we're going to get chips or they're going to say never contact us again. So, uh, that's this week's chip shortage. Help wanted. So we have jobs.eaterfruit.com, and like I said before, you can post your skills up if you're looking to do some cool projects. But one of the things that we're seeing, and this is a good example this week, is there's folks who they have Adafruit electronics and hardware in their company, or they're doing a project, and they're just like, oh, we'll use a jobs board. So this person, Bob Property LLC in Tampa, Florida, contract job is looking for a matrix portal product using project utilizing Wi-Fi. So if that's you. Here's the good news. We've got the Matrix Portal library, the hardware. It's all working. You just have to get some CircuitPython code together. No. Speaking of, it's Python on hardware time. Okay. So this week, the newsletter is gigantic. So uh, Hug Report, that's what we do here at Adafruit to Anne and all the contributors to the newsletter. It's a monster newsletter. So we go over our 300 boards on CircuitPython org slash downloads. Um, I'll talk about a couple other things. Uh, last week we mentioned we were able to help MicroPython hit their um, first tiered goal that they wanted to get to. Yes. Which is and four um, percent more, so that they can they're yeah. going towards their second goal. Yeah, I think altogether it, it boosted it up uh, over ten percent, and I think thirty people. Um, we'll talk about CircuitPython 7.3.0 in a little bit in, in uh, the RP2040 stuff with USB Teeny. Um, we're now a topic on GitHub. You could check that out. This is um, a way for folks to tag things with CircuitPython um, throughout the site on GitHub and more. Um, there's new Python implementations for um, this neat peak of zero Python thing. Mm. Check that out. And all the regular kind of unending projects news, videos, um, the project of the week. I thought this was kind of cool. This was multiple displays. I think uh, Tadabot did this. Um, and you can uh, show two displays using Circa Johnny Python, Five action there. Which is, yeah. uh, you know, Johnny Five is alive. Um, and then we have uh, a really neat like, portable CircuitPython dev. Oh. Yeah, these are the tiniest ways to program with CircuitPython That's on the so go. Tiny. So what I thought we'd do is go to uh, some of the highlights this week. So first up, if you haven't already, I put this in the press section on adafruit.com. So adafruit.com slash press. You can check out Tom's Hardware, or Anne did a cool video, the PyCast, over on Tom's Hardware. And then we're up to the final version of CircuitPython uh, 7. Release before yeah, eight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what's the latest and greatest, Lady Anna? Well, a lot of it's just been bug fixes. Um, if you, you know, if we're still finding people who are like, hey, there's a regression, uh, please fix it, and we're fixing them. Um, 7.3 added a bunch of stuff, floppy support, PIO support, merged uh, Python 1.18. Um, 
you know, a lot of boards, a lot of ESP boards were added. Um, a lot of graphics stuff was added. Uh, you know, we added F strings uh, to all builds that was, came in recently. Um, and uh, also Dan spent a bunch of time on improving NeoPixel timing. So uh, NeoPixel should, you know, work much better uh, no matter what weirdo <laughs> NeoPixel compatible chips you're using. Um, and 730, we're probably gonna do 731, but we're probably not gonna do another uh, mid-level release until eight, um, because I think Python 1.19, which just got released, um, made an update to the um, format for MPY files, uh, which we, we may merge in, in which case um, we would bump up to a, a major version, so that would be eight. Um, we're gonna be doing more work on Wi-Fi workflow, um, maybe um, you know ESP32 S3 is going to get more development. Um, we got a lot of plans for eight, so we're we're thinking about what the art's going to be. Um, we'll release it so we know the theme of eight. Yeah, and someone said the newsletter uh, might not be mobile responsive. So I'm going to ask the team. It should be, but if not, maybe there's some tweaks that we can do so it's easier to read on a phone. Thanks for letting yeah. us know about that. Um, and then next up, uh, this was in the newsletter, but I thought this would be good for Lady Ada to talk about. Mm. So the RP2040 can have additional USB ports for free. Um, here's a little video, but uh, what, yeah. is, what does this mean for folks who aren't familiar with this? Well, this is, I think, TAC doing a demo. Um, TAC's been working really hard on integrating uh, this cool uh, project uh, from a group of Japanese makers, I think, to add USB host support using PIO to, to manage the uh, differential, um, the D plus D minus lines. And um, we've been, you know, USB host support's been kind of coming into teeny USB. Um, but one of the things that was difficult for me to get um, USB host going is I didn't like it when USB host was only also only on the same as the USB client, because usually that's how you upload code or debug it. So it's like, if you're, you only have one USB port, it can be client or host, that makes it tough to do host projects. So it's really nice about um, this teeny USB version for RP2040 is that you can use any two pins, um, which means that you can still run, say, CircuitPython or Arduino. You can have the output, you can upload code, and then you have two separate pins that are used for USB host. Okay. So that's a demo showing, uh, you know, HID demo, and you can see the output on the REPL. And all of these news stories more can be delivered every single week to you. Check out adafruitdaily.com. It's a completely separate site that we have because we don't want to tie to your store account, because we don't want you to ever get an email and think that you didn't sign up for something or whatever. So it's Hate a completely that. separate site. And that is our Python on hardware news for this week. It's our Python promise. Yeah. All right. Let's do some open source hardware news and then get on to the guides. So last week, we talked about MicroPython. MicroPython is open source. And the hardware that MicroPython makes is open source hardware. Same thing with CircuitPython. And unlike MicroPython, um, Adafruit's selling a bunch of hardware. MicroPython right now, they can't get chips. And so they said, hey, we're doing some fundraising. We have the GitHub sponsor program. Um, Adafruit contributes to them directly. And we also buy their hardware when they have it. We also donated to MicroPython. So we try to make sure that not only do we show that we do open source, but support other open source projects, especially ones that we use. So every year we do donations. You know, we certainly don't have buckets of money, um, but we try to do the best we can. And th at the minimum, um, it, if we don't have as much money as we'd like to donate for something, we can at least sometimes donate some time. 
and get the word out on things and have other people help out with sponsorships or have people um, think about what open source software that they use. And I think one of the things that's really tough for maintainers and people who work in open source is it's not necessarily the money because you're not doing it for the money because if you were, um, it would be really hard to, to get a, for the amount of time you put in, what, what would make the most sense? So you're doing it for another reason. And um, if, if, if you can't send a signal, even if it's like, let's say you open up an open source app once a month or every single day, if you were able to do like $10 a month and just write them a note, that impact might go further than you think. So um, as we've been developing Whippersnapper for Adafruit.io, one of our developers, Brent, said, you know, I use uh, Platform.io a lot, and uh, they've been on our list to make sure we let them know thank you for doing this thing, not only for us, but for a lot of other people. But let's make sure we donate as well. So we donated to the Platform.io project. Um, here is a little receipt we got, and here is the um, note we received, or sorry, the note we sent them. And the note we sent them was, we became interested in looking at Platform.io since they recently announced mainline support for the Espressive Arduino ESP32 board support package. Please keep this up. Since then, we've been using it to build Adafruit.io Whippersnapper, a very large Arduino application with loads of dependency. Platform.io is super fast, and we like supporting open source software. Thank you, Ivan, Valerie, and Max. Adafruit. And so um, that's what all of us can do. If you use Platform.io, they have a recurring thing. They have a one thing, and you can put in a note. Please consider doing it because I, I feel like that's the signal we can send to any open source maintainer that it's worth doing this. It's worth pouring all of yourself into it because a lot of times you only hear the negatives, you only see the, the GitHub issues, you only see the mean tweet, um, or at least you only remember those. And so um, that can go really far for a lot of people. So see what you can do and we'll always try to lead by example. So that's what we did. That's why we wanted to put this in the open source section this week. But speaking of, we have 2,679 guides, Lady Data. What's on the big board this week? Okay, guides this week, um, starting from the right. Uh, Liz and Katni both teamed up to write a guide on how to install drivers for the WCH USB serial chips. Um, some of our boards will be um, changing from uh, <coughs> Sneezing from the CP2102 or CP2104. It is like high pollen. Even I got alert on my, my phone that said high pollen. Yeah, alert. I was just like, someone said, are, are, you, are you okay? I'm just like, yeah, I'm a little tired. And I also think just the trees are exploding with pollen right now. And also New York is just constantly under construction. Yeah, um, And we have the windows open to get some air in. So, um, so uh, you know, for Mac and uh, Windows, um, just instructions on how to install that driver. Uh, because you do need to download um, an EXE and run it to get the driver installed. Linux has it um, by default. It's a short guide, but I think we'll refer people to it a bunch um, because it's a new chip that people aren't used to. Um, knowing Pedro did the Lego phone holder um, that they designed for um, using with Camo, uh, which is this app that turns a phone into a webcam that um, Mr. Lady Ada found, which is super handy, especially um, if you have an old uh, iPhone hang hanging around, um, use it, turn it into a webcam, and then um, it's a really good quality camera with autofocus and, and of course, high resolution, great color. And uh, skin looks really good on it. Um, traffic light conference badge, Liz uh, wanted to do a fun project with our cute model uh, traffic light, and so she made a little conference badge and she made it look like a little diorama. Uh, this is a fun art project. And um, JP did video nub chank, <laughs> which is, I don't know, I guess it's a very descriptive name. You're never going to forget it. 
um, basically running the ESP32 Pico um, and turning it into a little USB um, video dongle um, using some example code written by a bunch of people, including Ross Amar, who's a friend of the fruit, and um, Mitosi, I think, I don't remember the exact name, uh, who wrote uh, this very cool uh, vaporwave clock. We also have a demo for making an NTSC test, gener test image generator, which I need because I'm like, constantly testing displays with NTSC in. Uh, and it's this little dongle I can just plug in and um, quickly generate an NTSC test signal. Okay, and then we have a one minute video from Liz for this cool traffic light wearable project. You can direct oncoming human traffic with this traffic light conference badge. The traffic light can symbolize your socializing preferences in the moment when you're out and about at a conference or a convention. Red for no contact, yellow for minimal contact, and green for wanting to chat with anyone. You can change the color with a button on the side of the enclosure. The enclosure is 3D printed with raised details for you to paint and deck out like a tiny diorama to match a traffic light. There's an opening for a STEMA cable to plug into the Cutie Pie ESP32-S2. You can use it for your favorite sensors, your SAO format badge add-ons, or a small breadboard area. Learn how you can build your own by checking out the Learn Guide at learn.adafruit.com. Time for some advanced manufacturing made right here in New York City. Hollenfeld, New York City. And it wouldn't be made in New York City for us right now unless it was, that's right, the Disney building across the street every day. <laughs> that's our new view. All right, 3D printing. So for this week on 3D printing, we have okay. two videos. We've got the um, web camera project and then also a cute speed up with a little VGA looking thing. That's right. Hey, what's up folks? In this project, we're using our mobile phone as a webcam. We designed and 3D printed tripod adapters that feature Lego compatible studs for adding minifigs. The built-in tripod screw lets you hold up your phone so you can use it as a high quality webcam. It sits over our laptop screen and doesn't obstruct the built-in webcam or any of the nearby sensors. With the Reincubate Camo Studio desktop app, you can set up your mobile phone as a webcam. You can adjust camera settings to get the best image for your streaming setup. 
We think it's a great way to improve the quality of your streams and your video calls. The 3D printed bits to build your own camera tripod can be printed in your favorite filament. A tripod screw adapter offers a rigid setup that can hold up the weight of even the largest mobile phones. Built-in threads allow for easy installation using a flathead screwdriver. You can use a quarter 20 to quarter 20 tripod screw to add a pan swivel ball head so you can add your favorite phone holder right on top. Be sure to check out the guide to get all the parts to build this project. The mounting base features LEGO compatible studs so it just snaps on top of the webcam holder. It features extra studs for adorning your favorite bricks and minifigs. Just sit it over your laptop screen bezel in the center right above the built-in webcam. Then all that's left to do is to personalize it with some minifigs. We hope this inspires you to check out the Camo Studio app and try using your phone as a high-quality webcam that you've always wanted. Thanks so much for watching and be sure to subscribe for more projects from Adafruit. Alright, and don't forget you can learn how to make all this stuff and more on 3D Hangouts every single Wednesday at 11 a.m. Okay, Lady Adel, let's do some uh, Ion MPI. Ready? Mm-hmm. This week's Ion MPI is Maxim Analog Devices. Lady Ada, what is your new product introduction? Brought to you by DigiKey this week. All right, this week's IMPI is the MAX 31329, a low-current real-time clock chip. Um, as shown here, it's a 10-pin TDFN chip, um, so it's pretty easy to use in your surface mount project. It's a 5x5-millimeter chip, uh, and it's got a lot of cool things going on in it. I'm always looking at real-time clocks, and so um, there's a bunch of stuff in this NPI that caught my eye. Um, this is the chip, so it was originally, I think, designed at Maxim, and then Maxim was recently uh, acquired by ADI, and so um, that's why it's got Max in the part number, ADI on uh, the data sheet. Um, so this is a real-time clock. Um, a lot of people use these. You've got a, a product where um, you know power may be lost, but you still want to be able to keep time um, and do so in a very low-power way. Um, you know, initially... Um, you know, this is what real-time clocks used to look like. They'd have a battery built in, they have the chip built in, um, and they had a crystal as well. And this was used on like say, a computer or a motherboard uh, so that even when power was lost, um, the computer would keep time, which is, which is great. This is actually what I didn't like about VCRs as a kid is you, know, you lose power and um, it loses time as well. You should have had a real-time clock inside of them. I think nowadays DVD players, uh, they'd add a real-time clock. It's a little bit more expensive, um, but basically lets the product keep time um, 
again, when battery's low or power's out. So like if you have a device that's off for a very, very long time, um, you know, and the internal real-time clock battery also dies, that's when it's like, hey, I don't even, I think it's like 1970 and it's noon. Um, so this is like, um, you know, real-time clock, the way, you know, we carry them uh, and have a breakout for it. This is the DS1307, it's a classic real-time clock. Uh, so the chip itself is in the middle, that's the DS1307. And then uh, the rectangular thing is the crystal. There's a 32 kilohertz crystal that's used to keep time. And then a battery. Um, so, you know, the real-time clocks tend to use less than a microamp, which means that um, they can really sip a battery. A, a, even a small coin cell can last years or even a decade. Um, so, you know, no matter what happens, no, no matter how long the product is depowered, um, it'll always know what time it is when it wakes up. Uh, so that's the old style RTC. So this is the Maxim uh, 31329. So one thing that I thought was very cool about it is first off, it's got the crystal built in um, to see the oscillator inside with a little X1, X2 kind of in the top middle. Um, you know, there's a, there's a couple implications for it, but one is you don't have to pay for a separate crystal, which is usually 20 to 50 cents. Um, and second, uh, you can get more accuracy, which we'll talk about um, because it can be tuned uh, with the loading capacitors. Usually you, 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 the loading capacitors are specified for the crystal, um, but you don't really know what it's gonna be until, um, you know, there's always a little bit of variation, but with this, uh, it's internal. Um, but uh, it's very similar to a lot of RTCs. It runs off of I squared C. Uh, there's an optional clock input. You can see D in, which is, which is quite nice. Um, there's two interrupt outputs, um, into A, into B, uh, clock out, clock in. Oh, sorry, data in is for, um, is not the clock in, uh, data in is for uh, interrupt support Imp into the device to like wake it up. And then um, VBAT is the secondary power. So some RTCs don't have a secondary power supply. You know, there's the main supply, um, VCC, which is usually, you know, power or wall or, you know, 3.3 volts from the main system. Um, and then VBAT is the secondary uh, lower power power supply for when power is cut out. Um, again, some power, some RTCs don't have two power pins, um, and they make you have to manage that on your own. I like that in this case, um, it can auto detect and switch over to the battery when main power is lost. So that's that's the first basic thing. Um, uh, second off, it's it's again pretty small. Uh, it's not a big SOIC or a TSOP. It's a nice TDFN chip. Um, all the pins are used. Um, you know, it's very, it, it's very convenient, especially since the crystal's built in, um, only five by five uh, millimeters. Um, so two of the things that uh, really, I think, uh, feature quite well on this RTC. One is um, the battery management and the battery life. So this is a low power RTC, it uses 240 nanoamperes. Um, and that is about half of what most RTCs Use. I think I, the DS1307 I looked up and it's about 500 nanoampere. So great, you know, it'll last twice as long in the battery. Um, there's also a trickle charger uh, that can charge an external super cap or if you have a rechargeable battery. Um, I thought the super cap, especially since it uses half as much current, um, a super capacitor, uh, which looks like this, it looks like a coin cell, but it's actually like a 0 0.07 and 0.2 um, farad capacitor. Um, they're, you know, it's basically like a, a battery, right? But you can charge it very easily and discharge it. And um, by using the Maxim SuperCap calculator, you can see that even, um, you know, I think in this case, a uh, two millifarad uh, 
super cap running at the 240 nanoamperes typical current will last you, I think it says like 60 or so hours. So, um, you know, you can, or, you know, a couple days worth. So if you think that your power is not going to be out for more than a couple hours at a time, um, then you can use a super cap. It means you don't have to deal with the lithium battery, which is always like chipping management gets more complicated because you have to label it as containing a lithium battery. Um, you can't recharge a lithium battery. Um, and the super cap, of course, it'll automatically recharge instantly the moment um, the main power gets turned back on. So I thought that was nice, you know, especially with the, the lower uh, quiescent current, uh, timekeeping current, it makes more sense. There's also, um, you know, the built-in trickle charging circuit. You can see here um, how it's hooked up. You can select which resistor to trickle charge through. And they even put in the shock key diode. How handy is that? So it's very very inclusive, really, if you, if all you need is the super cap on the VBAT pin and you're ready to go. Uh, the second nice thing about this is, oh, um, if you, well, it won't show up, but um, this is the DS3231. Um, and this is the um, high, extremely accurate, um, temperature compensated crystal uh, real-time clock that we carry. And these are like, this is kind of the highest end, most precise real-time clock you can get plus or minus uh, two PPM for um, room temperature-ish. And this is what it looks like. Um, it's really big, uh, it's, a, it's a big RTC, so definitely not like you could put it in a wearable or anything. Um, it's, it's a chonker, uh, it's, I think it's 16 SOIC. And um, it's got the crystal and then a temperature sensor to do um, a temperature compensation. Whereas um, what's nice about, here we go, there, yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, What's nice about um, this, um, the Max 3139, sorry, I want to get the right part number and there's a lot of threes. Max 31329 is that if you see at the bottom um, below, you know, benefits and features at the bottom, integrated crystal load capacitors tuned to plus or minus 5 ppm. So compared to the DS3231, it's, it's not going to be 2.5 or 3, it's going to be 5 ppm. Um, so not as precise. You know, but given the fact that it isn't temperature compensated and the price is significantly better, like you're, you have to pay quite a bit to get the temperature compensated um, RTCs, you, you know, the internal crystal and the load capacitors that are tuned and trimmed at the factory mean that you're going to have much better clock accuracy than um, your typical RTC where you have an external crystal. Um, usually the crystals are, you know, plus minus 20 ppm. So you'll get like, you know, four times better accuracy. Um, with, and also you don't have to purchase that component separately. Um, so yeah, so you can also pick up an eval board. Um, it looks like an Arduino shield compatible that also comes with a dev board, um, a Maxim microcontroller dev board if you'd like, um, but you can remove that and just plug it in. Again, it's I squared C, so you know, use wire or use whatever, you know, a lot of dev boards have Arduino pinouts on them. Um, you just use I squared C, follow the register map, and you can set the alarm, set the times, all the good stuff that you expect from an RTC, um, and also take advantage of the extremely small size, uh, full integration, high accuracy, and low power. Available DigiKey, and it's in stock. It's actually not in, in, it's not in, not stock, in stock, but it will be in stock. I'll, I'll edit that in post. Sorry, it's, um, yeah, this was so good, I didn't want to pass it up. It's going to be in stock in a couple weeks. The eval board Sorry. is in stock. Um, but this the, really is new, NPI. I know. This is so new, you can't get it yet. This but, is but, it, but it's not like 
it's not like the other things that you can't get. This is this is coming. This is soon. this is actually going to come. In. It's going to be okay. in the stock in like I think two or three weeks. So I actually have some on order um, that I'm going to get. Eye on the horizon. Look, it's a chip shortage uh, time, yeah, yeah. but I still want to celebrate these good chips. I think this one's worth waiting for. Okay, and that's I on PI and PI soon. Hi on PI. Okay, don't forget, Perp Clip, that's the code. Get some free stuff. Just make sure while you're doing this, make an account and two-factor authenticate it because soon there'll probably be more things that you need an account to order stuff because it's there's a lot of stuff. Uh, let's go to new products, Adita. Yeah. New, 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 Yeah, that's pretty good. All right, first up. Okay, we've got a couple accessories this week. Um, this is a WFL slash IPX3 slash MHF3 um, to RPSMA adapter. Uh, we have um, our handy ESP32 Feather with a, a WFL connector, not UFL, WFL, it's smaller. Um, and this little adapter has an RPSMA connector at the end because that's what's used for almost all Wi-Fi adapters, uh, sorry, Wi-Fi antennas. Check your antenna, make sure it's got the right polarity. Usually it's this way. And then this is the other side. It looks like UFL, but it's not UFL. It's WFL. So let me show. WFL, that's my favorite radio station. I know. <laughs> Let's look at the, um, look at this on the overhead. Hold on, let me just focus lock. Okay. Um, so this is the board and, uh, you know, there's no onboard antenna. Instead, there's this little uh, connector, but you want to maybe have it in a box and have an external, uh, you know, standard uh, two to five dBi antenna. Um, this will do the job. And then this is panel mountable. Uh, so this is great for um, adding a very good antenna, you know, any kind of size antenna you want to the Feather ESP32. Um, you know, you want something Wi-Fi and you want it to go a couple miles. Just get a really big antenna. You're good to go. All right, next up. Uh, next up, we've got the Alps EC11J SMD potentiometer. Sorry, uh, rotary encoder. Look at it. It looks like a potentiometer, but it's not. It's a rotary encoder. Um, it's all SMT. It's got uh, 30 cool. detents per rotation. It is detenty. Got a D shaft on there. Um, and it's also got the button press, so it's kind of like an all-in-one rotary encoder. Um, it's about the price of a rotary encoder, but what's nice is it's fully surface mount. Now, it's not going to be as mechanically strong as a through-hole rotary encoder, and especially if you're doing a ton of twisting. But that said, there are some situations where you just, you really need to use a surface mount process for this, or you have something on the other side and you can't have through-hole pads going through. Um, you know, this does have... Um, really big pads on the bottom. You can see, um, you know, there's basically one, two, three, four corner pads and then two side pads that are really chunky. Um, put a ton of paste down there and uh, connect it to a big ground plane. Um, and there's also a uh, locating dot as well to help keep it in place. Um, you'll be able to have a surface mount rotary encoder. I thought this would be a fun, probably useful for somebody okay. type product. And uh, stars of the show-ish, because, that, you know, that was a code tonight was probe clip. Are these? These are some probe clips. Um, you know, I thought these would be handy for, you know, you're programming a board. You don't, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm always, like, holding, like, 
the wire, I'm holding like these extra long headers on or wires on and uh, it's kind of tough, but you don't want to solder to it for some reason. Um, so these probe clips, uh, there's two kinds. So start at the beginning and we'll just talk about this one. So this is a six pin long 0.1 inch spacing. So this is kind of what you're going to probably use for a lot of uh, microcontroller boards or dev boards where they just put the programming pins in a row. Um, the depth of the board can be one inch or so from the uh, pogo pins and then they come up to the top into the, the you know these pogo pin um, sockets that you can then just plug in um, yeah you can plug in any uh, socket header into so I just showed this with like a breakout board you have you know if you have a breakout you're like I don't really don't want to solder this uh, you clip on it gives you a really good grip um, and then you just plug wires or you can solder wires onto this and when you're done um, you're done and if you design your board with this in mind you put the headers on the edge you know or one inch away from um, the edge um, you can just clip on, program. You may not even need to have a, a jig for programming. You can just use this instead. The second version. Yeah, let's go to that. The second version is a um, uh, 0.05 inch spacing, two by five. So this is like what I call SWD pinout spacing or JTAG spacing. Um, so this is finer pitch, but you know, a lot of boards already have this pinout on them. So, uh, you may be able to take advantage of it. And also some people like to leave the pads in so uh, folks can solder in a through hole SWD connector. Um, it also gives you about an inch from the edge of the PCB. Um, and then instead of, you know, obviously you can't just plug in, uh, you know, the pins do come up, but you can't really easily plug to them. Uh, so what it does instead is it has uh, a separate two by 5.1 inch header spacing um, that you can plug wires into uh, to connect to your JTAG programmer. So um, this is uh, an example, like here I've got these uh, pads. This is an ideal, you know, you should probably use through hole pads, not surface mount pads. Um, but you know, you can actually get it to line up and uh, touch the two by five and, um, oops, hold on. I'll get it to line up. There you go. Um, get it to line up without soldering on and then uh, connect wires to these headers. Uh, if you want to say program this STM32 F405 over SWD and then you know you just use your right angle um, USB cable. I mean of course I designed this board before I had the clip. If I was doing it again I would do it from you know the right hand side um, so I just clip in like that but um, you know still this, was, this will work fine for um, many boards you can see about one inch of depth of feather is about 0.9 inches so that's how far you can go into the um, the depth of the PCB and still clip on. Okay, and clippy, that clippy. is new products. All right, so don't forget the code is probe clip. We're gonna do some top secret. You were gonna show something. Yeah, I'm still. So this is like a handmade prototype. Um, we have some questions lined up that we'll do right after this. Yeah, top secret. Yeah. Forgot we had a graphic. That's okay. All right, what is so top secret that uh, the world has not seen yet? No, it hasn't seen it. This is my ESP32 S3 TFT feather. So oh. uh, we had this board for the S2, um, but luckily we used the mini module, which is pin compatible with the S3. So I just uh, hot aired the S2 off, hot aired the S3 on, and um, got it working. This is Arduino. Um, and then, yeah, it's just got the bootloader going, so you can have a nice graphical bootloader. Um, and then also CircuitPython support. So you get um, all the joy of having, you know, this really nice dual That's core cool. um, S3. It says S2, but it's really S3 
with four megabytes of flash, two megabytes of PS RAM, uh, with a display, QD, uh, QT connector, battery, USB, um, all ready to rock. All right. Hi. And that's top secret. It's top secret. Okay. Uh, we lined up some questions. Thanks, folks, for posting them up over on adafruit.it slash discord. I'm going to be getting through those. If there's new ones, mm. you can post them there. Mm -hmm. Let's do some questions, and then we're going to get out of here and uh, go to bed. Yes. And then rinse and repeat. Okay. First up, can you please suggest a cheap, simple audio indicator? Uh, for example, an LED between each guitar pedal via... Uh, quarter-inch mono cables to help troubleshoot where the guitar signal has been interrupted. Thanks. Yeah, it's tough because you don't actually want to put anything in the line of the audio. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised I don't have cables that, you know, can, can light up a little bit when audio goes through them, but it's tough because there's usually that no power. Um, so the answer is I don't have a very good answer for you. Um, it, is, it is quite challenging. Um, you know, USB cables, they have power, so you can, like, you can light them up because you have a power supply, whereas audio cables, you don't. And you don't want to load the audio. Uh, and also, usually, line-level audio can't be loaded anyways. Um, so, yeah, I think you might want to get something in line. There might be some plug, that, some you know, powerable plug in the middle uh, that you can put audio into, and it has a little battery pack, and it can tell you that it's getting audio signal. That's the only thing I can recommend. I don't, I don't know of one. It's just if I was going to invent something, that's what I would invent. Okay, um, next up, is there an approximate uh, time for an RPI 8 gigabyte? Um, so, good news, bad news. Uh, we will put some in stock. The emails, by the time all the emails go out, they'll be sold out when we put things in stock. So you might want to look at the RPI locator Twitter account. Um, usually we put things in stock on Wednesdays and Fridays, um, but there is a shortage shortage, so it's going to be a little tough. Yeah. Um, so no specific ETA, unfortunately. Um, speaking of Python hardware, could someone recommend a 16 by 2 LCD that is easy to use in CircuitPython? Um, a standard 16 by 2 LCD will work fine. We also have our I2C slash SPI backpack, uh, and that works great in CircuitPython as well. Okay. Um, next up. Um, Enjoy the Tuesday uh, Python or Harvey email. Any chance to make it text responsive mobile? Uh, yeah, so thank you for the suggestion. I'm going to chat with the team and figure out it should do that. And if it doesn't, it's probably something that we can fix. And if it doesn't, then that is a good feature that we will eventually get to. Um, next up, I'd love to know how to get time once Wi Fi or NTC, then hand off to RTC. We have a, yeah, I mean, I think it, there's, a, yeah, there's, I think we don't have an example for that specifically, but, um, you know, you basically you just take two things, you, you, you connect to Wi-Fi, you get the time, and then you take the demo where you write the time to the real-time clock and then read it back. So um, you just have to take the two examples and just piece them together and decide how often you want to synchronize them. Okay. Um, question, is there an I2C, or sorry, I2S isolator like the ISO 1540 bidirectional ITC Isolator ID 49003. Um, no, and I don't think you need one. I don't think I2S needs isolation because it's a digital audio um, supply. I think you could you could have the amplifier powered separately because um, usually there's a digital and analog supply and you just keep those separate. So I don't know of one. Um, yeah, I've only heard of... Uh, the I2C is quite a bit of a weird one, um, and I've seen the USB, but I've not seen I2S. Okay, 
uh, how far can uh, timed up uh, monotonic take you when you should uh, run an RTC? Um, RTCs are really, you know, they're for long-term power outage timekeeping, like clocks or things that are like, uh, you know, remind me tomorrow or wake me up, you know, every other Monday or something and do something. Uh, long, long-term timekeeping is when you want a real-time clock. Not Real-time clocks are not going to be good for timing events between button presses. That's, that's going to take too long. That You use the internal counter on a microcontroller. It's when you want to know when it's Tuesday 8 in the morning. That's, an, that's what an RTC is good for. Okay. Next up. Uh, on a different daily, there was a tip that mentioned sorting resistors by third color band. Clarify what you mean, please, since you can four or five band resistors. Yeah. Um, I think what they're saying is that you, you sort by the multiplier. So, you know, if you have to sort every resistor forever and ever, um, you know, you'd have a, like a hundred bins. So instead you sort all the, um, you know, black band resistors, which are like, you know, one ohm to nine ohm in one bin, all the mm. 10 to 99 ohm, all the 100 to, you know, 990 ohm. Uh, you do it by decades. And so that's the third, that's the multiplier band. Okay. Um, can the QDPI ESP32S2 do ESP now mode? Um, I think all the newer ESPs can, but only in Arduino. And um, you'll have to check out the Espressif Arduino uh, board support package, for example, code. I've never used it myself. Okay. Someone had a, a neat uh, tip. They said uh, they found out about the SP32 S2 QDPie microcontrollers because of the pie shortage. Um, many uses can be handled by a microcontroller, but they didn't know that before trying to use a Wi-Fi-enabled microcontroller. It's, it's tough when, you know, everyone had this gigantic hammer, and now it's like, hey, you know, yeah. what if you can't get that hammer? Um, but, yes, a lot of ESPs can do quite a bit. You know, you'd be surprised. A lot of projects um, getting data from the Internet, displaying it, doing something. Constraints are good. Constraints are good. Um, question, what parts would I have to buy from Adafruit to create a 3D microphone array? We don't really do microphone arrays. We do have PDM mics and I2S mics, but you know, a lot of the hard work is in getting that data synchronized as into an input, which I don't have an answer for you. That's not easy. How do you test your firmware at Adafruit? Um, I just, I just write a lot yeah. of it and I just kind of know what tends to go wrong. Yeah, I would say how we test like some of the things we do is, uh, so we have so many boards. So like CircuitPython is kind of a way of testing a, a board in some way because we, when we do a build, it runs on all the different boards. And yeah, that's yeah, so. so we use you know, continuous integration a lot. But um, also we just wait for bug reports. We, we try to, we just try to hammer on it and do projects and the yeah. projects usually tell us when there's a bug in also, it. Also, I'll say this um, about our philosophy and, and approach with Circuit Python is uh, there's 300 boards and over half are non-Adafruit and a lot of people run their entire businesses off using open source software like Circuit Python. So every time there's an update to Circuit Python, their board gets it for free. Yeah. And it should just work and it so far has. And if it didn't, we would hear about it. So we're you know theoretically testing live when people download the new versions of CircuitPython across all these boards that we've never even used. It's never done. And so that's kind of neat because we're always getting feedback and we're always putting out new, new versions. Always learning. Okay, last question. Do 
do you have a suggestion for RP2040, or, well, I think they meant 24, yeah, RP2040 flash memory is a module that's slightly lower clock good? Um, I would check uh, the RP2040 data sheet because um, they do have some recommended flash chips that um, are used not, I know that not every single chip is supported because they do, um, you know, the execute in place. They have some recommended chips and I would, I would just use what they recommend. All right, and that's questions for tonight. Thank you, everybody. We got through all of them. Yay! Thanks, everybody. And uh, another person mentioned uh, libraries also include test code. And we yes, do we do have example code. Okay, that's our show for tonight. Don't forget the code is ProClip. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, our community, our customers, our Adafruit staff, everyone who makes this go. We very much appreciate it. Um, we'll see everybody next week. Please continue to be good to yourself, be good to others, help someone out there. It makes you feel good. And um, this has been an Adafruit production. We'll see everybody next week. And this is your moment of Zener. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>